Hey podcast peeps, got a change up for you today. Uh, this is an interview. I'm a member of the National Speakers Association for about 30 years now. And they have a monthly uh, newsletter and they call it Voices of Experience. And Chuck Gallagher is the, uh, the host of that this year. And he recently interviewed me for Voices of Experience on how you be relevant, the role of social media, how you connect with your tribe. And I just think there's lots of lessons that apply to everybody in business today. So I wanna share that with you. So enjoy uh, Chuck Gallagher interviewing me on the Voices of Experience. Hey, podcast peeps, it has come to my attention that there is lots of you, there are lots of you who listen to this every week and haven't subscribed. And if my mother looked at the subscription numbers, I would be embarrassed. So don't embarrass me with my mother. Go subscribe. What does it mean to have a tribe? Well, if there's anyone who knows and has a tribe that's literally in the hundreds of thousands, who's also in the Speaker Hall of Fame and a CSP, it's Randy Gage. In this two-part interview, Randy talks candidly about tribes, social media, and his success as an author. So here's Randy in part one of this VOE interview. Randy, I am thrilled to have you as a guest on VOE. Hey, great to be here. First time I heard you was back in 2007. You spoke on the main stage. You were talking about prosperity. Felt like I was at a church service, in a sense. <laughs> it was an awesome presentation, and I remember buying your materials and talking with you afterward, and I've kept in touch. And you've, you've been an amazing person to be open and helpful to people who are uh, speakers within the National Speakers Association. Thank you. I'm paying back. That was this association was incredibly supportive and helpful for my career early so I I'm happy that I can be a part of sharing that back with other people who are on this same path I think it was you that kind of introduced me to the Catherine Ponder book oh, okay and uh, so great read yeah great reminder from time to time as well um, so I want to ask you a couple of questions number one I see you in a lot of places in social media and so you have developed an amazing tribe, and I'd like you to talk to a little talk to us a little bit about what it means to be relevant today in the marketplace that we're in. So I've got a buddy in the association who's world known, household name, million plus bestsellers. He's probably in his seventies. He can, and he doesn't do email. Okay, if you send him an email, his assistant prints it out and carries it to okay. his desk and reads it to him. And, okay. you know, uh, and you know what? He, he's going to be able to coast into retirement or the great platform in the sky and be able to do that without being on social media and this fad called the Internet, right? But for most of us in this association, we need to be relevant and the way to be relevant today is instagram and facebook and twitter and and others and whatever other social media platforms keep coming along and 
the days of, I mean, I can't tell you how many speakers have come to me and said, well, I, I just want to be on the platform. You know, I love giving my keynotes and I just want someone to promote me. And that's wonderful thought. It ain't going to happen in the real world anymore. You have to develop your tribe. You have to communicate with them. You have to nurture with them. Nurture, you know, nurture them. And, and like, if I look at my career, I really have created my bookings from the ground up, from the grassroots. Okay. You know, companies bring me in because their people say, hey, why don't you bring this guy in? I don't do a lot with bureaus. I don't do outbound marketing. I just build my tribe and let the tribe, you know, bring me into them. And I think that's the model that most everybody in NSA. That's the model they need to be. They need to be living in. I've I've seen you in a lot of places, and I remember. A couple of things that really struck me. At one point in time, Periscope was there, and, and I remember seeing you on Periscope. Um, don't know that that is as predominant or dominant today as perhaps Facebook Live. So when you look at social media and you look at connecting with your tribe, what are the places where you really want to put your energy? Well, you want to go where your tribe is. For uh, some of the people watching this and listening to this, they're totally in the corporate world, and Lincoln may be a huge site for them. For people who do public seminars, you know, uh, how to quit smoking, how to lose weight, how to sell real estate or, buy, you know, invest in real estate, uh, they're going to probably do better with Facebook or uh, Instagram, and but those have changed. So the thing is, don't get married to the platform. Look for where is your tribe at, and then know that the platforms change. You know, MySpace was MySpace, but you know, and Periscope you mentioned that was a huge thing, but it's not anymore. Facebook Live and Instagram Live are killing Periscope. It's almost non-existent. But here's an interesting story that I think will really show value for the people on this the VOE. I had a, four spinal surgeries. You and I were just chatting about Absolutely. this before the show, yeah. right? So I had a new book coming out with uh, the biggest publisher in the world in New York, my first big book with them. Um, and then I had these spinal surgeries. And I told them, by the way, I'm not going to do a book tour. I'm having this, I'm just recovering from the surgery. The travel is too much. I can't stand on the platforms. I'm going to do a social media campaign for the book. And they're like, we gave you this big advance and you promised us you were going to do a book tour and, you know, we've invested all this money. And I'm like, I believe I can make this book a New York Times bestseller with a social media campaign. And that's the new reality of the world today anyway. It isn't being at a local Barnes & Noble and having a, you know 27 people there for a book signing. I can reach thousands of people a day on Periscope and some of these other mediums. Sure. So they didn't buy it, but they're like, what can we do? You know, but they were mad at me, and they didn't <laughs> think it was good. And the book was Mad Genius. Right. And that book debuted on the New York Times bestseller list, on all the bestseller lists. And why? Because I took three months and I said, I'm going to do a prosperity scope, meaning a periscope broadcast about prosperity and the principles of prosperity. And I did one every day. And so basically, I was doing a keynote speech for two to 3,000 people every day, Monday through Friday. 
And then when I said, and by the way, Tuesday, the book is coming out, you know, order, get on Amazon, get on BNN, go to your local store. I made that book a bestseller without doing a book, book tour, but doing it with social media. What did, what did the, what did the publishing house say to the fact that you actually accomplished what you wanted to accomplish and they wanted accomplished without doing it the, I'm going to call it the old fashioned way. You know, the human propensity to live in delusion and denial, it's one of the <laughs> strongest forces of the universe. And so, and publishing is probably the, the, the best example. Like the book before that, I, I call, it was Risky as the New Safe, right? Yes. And I called it a rock opera. So, and I had a different publisher then, and so I sent it in, and they were like, wow, this is amazing. You have... 125 or 87, however many testimonials I had, you know. How many of them do you want us to use in the book? I'm like, all of them? All of them? We usually do like six or eight. You got like 87. And like, well, 98% of all the books published lose money. 98% of them go out of print with the, the first year are never reprinted, never have another edition. Maybe that way doesn't work so well. If I've got... 87 people who read my book, believed in it, and gave me a quote for it, why wouldn't I want to put them in the book? So when they get the book, they're excited, and they're tweeting about it, and posting on Facebook, or Instagram, and telling their tribe about it, and talking about it on the stage, or their radio show, or their podcast, or wherever they're, well, they're like, okay, so, but, you know, and then the structure, and I'm like, well, that's because it's not a book, it's a, it's a rock opera. And because I was so crazy, they just like, okay, this guy is just nuts, but go along with him. And again, that book hit Publishers Weekly, New York Times, USA Today, number one money book, uh, Publishers Weekly, I mean, just everywhere. And it's been in like 15, 16 languages. But I was willing, and that was the whole point of the book. You know, the subtitle, that was Risky as the New Safe, and the subtitle was The Rules Have Changed. Right. And, Publishers are like one of the last people on earth to recognize that. They're still, for the most part, living in the past. And that's one of the things we have to do as influencers is kind of speak up for ourselves and be willing to take chances and be willing to try new approaches and understand that uh, the rules we operate under, they've changed. Randy, I've got a, a real specific question. If you don't want to answer it, it's okay. <laughs> but you, most of the early books were self-published. And, you know, most people would say, yeah, I make more money off of a self-published book than I do off of a, uh, a book published by a, a you know, major publisher. But the last several books, you've gone with a major publisher. What's the shift for you? Marketing. Absolutely marketing, which was... In my early stages of my career, it was about I need to make money. The more money I make, the more money I can invest back in my business and grow the business. So uh, I could publish a book and make 10 bucks, 12 bucks a book. Um, it's a lot less with a major publisher, but I knew the prestige that would come from being a New York Times bestseller, being published by major publishers, and I knew I could leverage that into greater opportunities to grow the business. So it was simply a marketing decision. Randy, thank you so much for taking the time to be here on VOE. And on a personal note, thank you for taking the time to talk with me in 2007 and inspire me because I've watched you ever since. 
And don't forget, the second part of my interview with Randy Gage will be in the February issue of VOE, where he'll share more of his insights into how to create a powerhouse speaking business. Hey, thanks for listening to the Power Prosperity Podcast. Do me a favor and practice the circulation law of prosperity and tell people about Prosperity TV. So if you would, just put something up on your Tumblr, your Twitter, your Facebook, your YouTube. Uh, Let people know what you think of the Power Prosperity Podcast. Even take a screenshot of your phone and maybe post that picture uh, so we can build the community here at the podcast. Thanks, guys.